0: Is this boring to you? No, I like it. Yeah, well, I love it. Everything that's good that's happened to me in my life came because of that. I might not do everything great in my life. Okay, I'm not perfect. I'm not the best husband. And I'm sorry if I wasn't the best father. But I'm good at this. And I want to share this with you. I want to teach you what I learned. I get to touch people's lives with what I do. And it keeps me going and I love it. And I think if you give it a shot, you might love it too. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Reel podcast. My name is Ken. My name is Jeremy. And we are so glad to have you all listening to us uh, again this week. Uh, Jeremy, how have you been uh, the last week since we uh, recorded our last episode?
1: I'm doing pretty good, man. I mean, last week I talked about some of my cat adventures last week. Uh, so I do have an update on that, actually. Uh, well, if you didn't catch last week's episode, I did find like a straight or a cat a stray cat found me actually on my front door, and uh, we took care of it for a while. And but unfortunately, since the last time we recorded, it hasn't come back. Oh, so that kind of sucks. I know. Uh, like last week, I was like, I'm trying not to get attached, and then I got attached. <laughs> so and I was like, oh. And then when we were done recording, uh, I gave it some food. And then, uh, it's like, all right, see you tomorrow. And then didn't come back.
0: So I don't um, know. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the cat's okay at least, or maybe got returned to its rightful owner or something. I just want the cat to be safe. Hopefully.
1: Yeah. We put out a post saying like, if you've seen this cat, just let us know that either it's okay or bring it back to us. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, what on, uh, on next door or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Next door. Okay. Not uh, sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> All the time, man. How about seriously. you, man? How you been doing? Been good. Been good. Actually took today off uh from work and uh it was actually the first day that I took off since um since last year. It was actually the day before Stanley's birthday in late December. And uh the reason why I knew knew this was at the end of the day yesterday, I was you know putting my Auto reply response, and it said, Hey, I'll be out on December 27, be back on whatever day it was. And I was like, Oh my goodness, it's already been eight, more like almost eight months since the last time I actually took a day off. And so it was definitely needed. Got a chance to kind of recharge my batteries a little bit and focus on today's uh podcast. And so uh it was it was pretty cool, and also uh this past weekend, I got to prepare a little bit for today's episode by getting takeout at one of my favorite restaurants. Uh, But we'll get to that a little bit later. Teasing me now. Dang it. I want to know where did you go? Oh, we're saving that for later. So um, we wanted to uh, take this time, especially in these early episodes to have all of our listeners get to know us a little bit more. And so I wanted to ask you, Jeremy, um, like, at least one question every time, like I'm the host on a given week,, uh, so that we can actually share a little bit of ourselves and our interests to the listeners out there. And so this week I thought of a uh, I thought of this question. and the question is, what podcasts do you listen to?
1: Well, there are a couple that I do want to mention. The first being inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. So if you don't know who Michael Rosenbaum is, I'll let you know. He's a actor, uh, basically from Smallville Fame, the TV show, the pre-Superman TV show. And he played Lex Luthor. And I wanna say he's probably my favorite Lex Luthor of like all yes. time. I agree. I agree. He's he was so he's underrated, I think. Yeah. And in in his podcast, he basically interviews other celebrities. Uh, like I know he he's had like Dave Bautista on there, Zachary Levi, a uh, bunch of other celebrities on there, and they talk about just basically about themselves, um, and whatever they want to talk about. It's pretty, it's a, a very entertaining podcast, and I, he's hilarious at the same time. He's he's crazy, but uh, <laughs> that's besides the point. Crazy, hilarious guy, and I recommend checking it out. The other podcast that I listen to is um, somewhat of a a similar name to ours. Ours is the Weekly Reel. Theirs is the Weekly Planet. It's also a movie podcast. uh, But I, I was able to find this podcast because he has a YouTube channel called Mr. Sunday Movies. Where it basically gives like a lot of movie trivia, movie reviews. And those guys there, they're like hilarious i think they're australian but those guys are like super funny so i recommend checking those guys out if if you like like movies and want like a bunch of jokes i think they did like a like a whole series on the transformers the michael bay transformers movies Ooh, they ripped those ripped those apart so really even the first
0: one huh even the
1: first one i mean they, they they say all of them is pretty much the worst Transformers movie. <laughs> Obviously, uh, they they're a little bit more lenient on the first one because it's not bad, Gu- not really a guilty pleasure. Because I think it was actually a good time. But <laughs> who knows? Maybe we'll talk about that if uh,
0: sometime in the future. Yeah, maybe if they have any new Transformers content out there. Um, yeah, so. Interesting and kind of going back to your Lex Luther. I mean, uh, I just remember the time when we went to New York and we ended up seeing Lex's dad, <laughs> <laughs> Lionel Luther. Uh, yeah, what was the name? What's oh John Glover? John Glover, Sorry. and
1: he's actually on uh, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. Really? Yeah, he was. They they had a very funny conversation. I think that's a good one to to listen to if you're interested. Because you know we saw him on the subway in New York. <laughs> do you do you want to go into detail with that, Ken, and how we how we met? Not met him. Actually, we never said hi. We we're we we're yeah. too scared to. <laughs> no, no, not that we we're too scared.
0: Well, well, I, it, we it, it took us a while to rec- recognize who he was. I think it was your brother that actually recognized him the first time. But he was like so. I guess starstruck. He couldn't really talk. He was just like. uh <laughs> yeah yeah and then he eventually got the words out and then by the time we were trying to strategize on ways where maybe we can like not really bug him but you know at least say hi and maybe let him know that we're you know we're huge fans of of smallville the tv show he ended up uh he ended up arriving at his subway stop and, and no we did oh we did sorry yeah, you know you're right. you're right yeah you're right he stayed there but we're
1: like, oh shoot, why do we have to get off at the next stop? Why can't we just stay on this, this subway train and just say hi for once? But you did get like a I think he, you you and him caught a
0: glance. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we uh we locked eyes just for a little bit and I was able to get a little bit of vlog footage. Um it was just clear enough where I could freeze frame it and you could definitely see uh make it out that he, it was uh John Glover. So Dude. I just thought it was it was pretty funny since you mentioned uh, Michael Rosenbaum and the podcast. And the fact that he was a, a guest on it was pretty cool too.
1: Yeah, dude. <laughs> right Lex now, Lex's dad. He met Lex's dad. But how about you, man? How um, What what podcast
0: do you listen to? Well, mainly I want... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I listen to um mainly two genres of podcasts. I listen to a lot of uh, pop culture podcasts is the, the reason why that's the reason why I wanted to start a pop culture uh, podcast mainly with movies. And so the first one is called the watch it's on uh, the ringer podcast network. Um, I enjoy listening to uh, those two guys uh, and they do talk about mainly TV, but then they'll mention stuff that's related to pop culture. What's going on at that time. They'll even talk about big movie releases and everything. Um, and so uh, that's, a, uh, that's a really good one to uh, pay attention to. Uh, and the episodes aren't uh, terribly long, too. So they range to 30, 40 minutes. So uh, it's a good podcast to kind of pick up, um, listen to in the, uh, the background or if you're uh, out, out and about going for a run or something like that. Uh, the other podcast that I wanted to highlight uh, is the other genre that I do listen to mainly is I listen to a lot of sports podcasts. And one of the one one of the newer ones that I've uh, caught on recently in recent months is called All the Smoke, and it's by uh, two former basketball players that retired now, but then they used to be members of the We Believe Golden State Warriors team that upset the uh, the Dallas Mavericks in the 06-07 season. That was like probably my favorite time as a fan uh, because they had been so horrible for so long, and so. <laughs> Uh, they're known for just being real, and it comes off as authentic on the podcast. And uh, they have good guests, and then their their interview style is just raw, and it's just it's just a really good podcast because it's real.
1: Dang, didn't uh, didn't we go to a game together at some point during that time?
0: Yes, yeah. What year was it, that? I think it was maybe the year after. Actually, uh, they were still pretty decent um i think matt barnes wasn't on that team any longer but uh those teams just had a lot of grit and just to be able to um root for like a bunch of underdogs and the fact that they were able to upset the the number one seed in that we believe season it it just uh, resonated a lot with the fans before obviously the championship years uh in within the last five or six years or however long Mm -hmm. it's been with steph curry and, and all them but yeah it was Good times, for sure. Uh, we should definitely go um, whenever they allow <laughs> people Large back. events yeah. again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, so we've reached the part of our podcast where we are going to talk about, uh, well, we're going to get into our podcast ritual. And so every week we want to talk about a notable movie or TV show. I mean, we are a movie podcast after all. And we want to kind of share... Uh, what we've been watching in the past week. And so, Jeremy, what's one notable movie or TV show that you've uh, gotten into in the past week?
1: Well, one movie I've actually watched on HBO Max, so I'll continue that that ritual of mentioning where I watched it. Uh, it's a movie on HBO Max, Twins, with really? Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness that's a classic I haven't seen that movie in decades that's a good one it's a good one because I've,
1: I've basically seen all of Arnold's movies like even the bad ones but Twins is not one of the bad ones it's actually pretty funny and it's like Arnold's first like comedy movie too and you know he's, he's good in it it's like 1988 it's a classic Arnold
0: movie yes Oh my goodness, that's a good one. That's a good one. I've, yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. I'm actually going to keep uh, that theme of 1988 because that's the year that my movie came out. The one no that way, I watched. Wait. All <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not planned, by the way. Uh, I'm hearing this for the first time, and Jeremy's hearing this for the first time. The movie that I watched, and I watched it on Hulu. So we're not matching this week, but I watched it on Hulu. It's uh, Rain Man. Starring uh, Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. Oh, man, it's such a good movie. Uh, Actually, the first thing that I noticed when I first watched the movie is the opening song. It's called I looked it up. It's called Ico Ico by the Bell Stars. One thing I noticed is that it's the same song that the hangover spoofed in that one Las Vegas scene when they're going down the escalator. And uh, they basically shot for shot, did the whole thing with the same song. But one thing I realized is that that's the same song that that play. Uh, it's, it's the same song that plays in the beginning of Mission Impossible Two on Tom Cruise's first scene uh, when he's still climbing up the rocks. It's the same song. It, I just thought it was funny. Two Tom Cruise movies and it's the same, <laughs> same song. <laughs> Dang, that's weird, man. And basically, t- totally different decades. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. Um, I mean, he's got something weird with his hair going on in Rain Man it's like got a weird feathered look and then obviously Mission Impossible he's got the flowing locks just blowing in the wind as he's <laughs> like trying to climb rocks or whatever but yeah i just thought it was a pretty funny coincidence and you know what Tom Cruise is so underrated in Rain Man because Dustin Hoffman's performance is just an all-time performance so you don't really notice it but he's so good and uh one last thing that i wanted to bring up is that Dustin Hoffman is so lovable in that movie. Uh, And it's so weird because it's so different than the movie that we're about to talk about. He's just like a hated individual in the movie that we're going to be talking about. And so there's another teaser for later on in this episode. And so before we get into this week's movie, uh, let's do a little bit of weekly real podcast cleanup. And so Uh, In the first two weeks for Episodes 1 and 2, we actually ran polls for both episodes. And so, uh, Jeremy, do you want to reveal what the first poll was for,
1: for Episode 1? Yeah, our first poll for Episode 1 was based on Dumb and Dumber. And we, we basically were asking everyone, who was Dumber,
0: Harry or Lloyd? Right. And so here are the results of that poll. And we actually had the poll on, well, this time, uh, this particular time we only had it on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Jeremy still hasn't heard this, but the results were this. It was 50-50. No. 50%? come on. <laughs> yeah, it was a little anticlimactic, but I guess it, it's, it's, Right, right? I mean, they're both just really dumb. Yeah, I think that was the only, the
1: only fitting way to end the poll. Because who's dumb and dumber? Both of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, why don't you go ahead and also introduce the uh, poll that we ran for episode two, last week's episode. Yeah, in last week's
1: episode, we you know, we talked about three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first three movies in that universe, which was Iron Man... The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. And so we based our poll based on The Incredible Hulk. And, you know, the infamous recasting there with uh, Edward Norton and into Mark Ruffalo. So we basically asked, uh, who do we prefer um, in terms of their interpretation of Bruce Banner slash Hulk? Edward Norton or Mark Ruffalo?
0: Right. And I have the results here. And... Again, they were really, really close, but it looks like everyone disagreed with both me and Jeremy in that Mark Ruffalo, uh, they felt was the better uh, Bruce Banner and Hulk by it was 55% to 45%. It was really close, but they disagreed with us. I don't know. I feel like they needed to give Edward Norton a chance. I felt like he was just more layered as, as an actor.
1: Yeah, but I can definitely see um their side on Mark Ruffalo. If, especially if they base it off of the, the first Avengers, mm-hmm. I can see where they could make a point there.
0: Well, and, and you know what? I will admit he is love uh he's a likable character in all of his appearances. Uh, especially especially when he's playing the comedic role like in Ragnarok or or yeah, some of the more recent movies, <laughs> especially yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think Mark Ruffalo also just has that more, um, he's more approachable looking <laughs> as he a is. person.
0: He is. He is. And and I think that's, I mean, that's what we discussed uh, last week in that Edward Norton kind of gives uh, a little bit more of an introspective uh, take on Bruce Banner. And so, yeah. So that being said, um, I wanted to mention this to all of our listeners, just keep an eye out. Um, For future episode-related polls, uh, we're going to try to put these on all the platforms on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we'll post these every Tuesday. So uh, we are still releasing episodes every Monday. So the next day, we are going to have an episode-related poll. And so um, for the next part of the podcast, we are going to introduce this uh, brand new pr- uh, premise well, basically this idea that we came up with me and Jeremy uh, even before we actually were going to do the podcast we were just really bouncing um, ideas off of each other on what would be an interesting premise for a podcast and so uh, COVID-19 kind of put a wrench in a lot of people's plannings I mean like there's, there hasn't really been new content in in a long time, especially out in movie theaters for obvious reasons. And so, one of the ideas that we had uh, that we had thought of, and we ended up developing, is that because there is a lack of new content, but we wanted to still watch new movies. And so, even though both me and Jeremy have very similar tastes with a certain kind of movie, like some mainstream blockbusters. In terms of the other movies that we do watch, there are differences. So there are a lot of movies that I've seen that he hasn't and vice versa. There's a lot of movies that Jeremy has seen that I haven't. Right, Jeremy? Yeah, because, you know, we we do have different
1: tastes. Definitely um, Ken's more experienced with some of the, the classics than I am. Uh, like for example, Rain Man. I actually haven't seen Rain Man, even though I've seen a lot of Tom Cruise movies. I haven't had a chance to see Rain Man yet. I've seen like I've seen that it's been on Netflix for a while, and oh I still my. haven't
0: gotten a chance to it. Oh my goodness, uh, we might have to make a future episode on that, uh, maybe further down the line. But oh, dude! But I know Ken hasn't seen
1: one of my. Uh, I don't want to hype it up too much. I don't. I don't want to talk too much about my ranking of it but basically next week's episode will be on uh 2014's night and ken hasn't seen that yet and that's yeah. definitely a good one in my opinion but you know it's just i wanted to share it with him
0: yeah and, and and this is the reason why we're basically starting this podcast i mean we have a lot of movies that we've seen but there are a huge i mean there's just a huge database, right, for all these movies that have come out. And, uh, and I know there's, there's a lot of movies that we both haven't seen. And so we'll definitely revisit those. Uh, but in the meantime, we are just introducing this premise. And so this week happens to be a week where we're sharing one of my favorite movies that I enjoy. And, uh, and Jeremy hasn't seen it yet. And so the movie that we are going to do a deep dive is Chef. And so, for those of you who need a refresher, Chef is a feel-good story about a head chef whose professional and personal life are broken, and he somehow needs to figure out a way to piece everything back together by getting back to his cooking roots. And so, Jeremy, this was the first time that you watched Chef. Uh, Are there any initial thoughts on the movie? Well initial thoughts on the movie
1: like last week you you asked me like um what 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 do i expect like from this movie and basically i gave you all my thoughts of knowing like what i knew about the movie before and i really thought it was like about this food truck i didn't really know too much that he was like a he was a professional chef and i guess in this this world of the movie he's almost like gordon ramsay level and yep. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect him to be like that high profile of a chef. And it's uh, written and directed by
0: John Favreau, right? Correct. And that's and that's why I figured, even though you hadn't seen it, you'll you would like it. Just the fact that you know a lot of the a lot of character a lot of the characters that are in the movie are in movies that we enjoy and we're, we're entertained by. So, so Jeremy, why? Didn't you watch Chef when it originally came out? Well, I
1: remember like hearing about the movie when it came out in 2014, uh, and I remember hearing it got good reviews. Don't worry, I didn't like look up the Rotten Tomatoes score again <laughs> for our later segment that uh, little game that we play. But uh, considering it was like an indie, it's an indie film, right? So that's probably why it's not on most people's most people's radar, especially I, I looked up when it came out. Uh, it was like May 30 of 2014. And at that point in time, you know, 2014 was a good year for movies. Uh, but chef came out May 30, 2014 and amazing Spider-Man two. And day, X-Men days of future past both came out in May of that month in, in May of that year. And so I, I and I remember going to both of those movies in the theater, and that's probably why I didn't want Chef, because you know I was really into watching these superhero movies. And Days of Future Past was good. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazing Spider Man two, not so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what that that does make sense. You know what's funny, and we'll get into when when I get there. I actually didn't watch it in the theater as well, so a little bit of a preview there, but. Um, Jeremy, what were your overall thoughts now that you have seen the movie? What were your thoughts on the movie? Well, uh, first
1: of all, it made me hungry. <laughs> it Like, honestly, I, I knew I had to grab a snack like in the middle of the movie when I was watching it. I'm like, I need, I need some food right now, man. This is making me too hungry. It was uh, actually a bit of a torture to watch it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because it's making me hungry too much, man. But that's when, you know, it's, um, um, it just the it brings out the foodie in you. I think it's a fun, laid back movie. Uh, all the food looked so good. Oh, um, wow. Though I guess the, if I had to nitpick something about the movie, is um, once I guess spoilers. I guess once the food truck got started, he mm. didn't really uh, Carl, the main character, didn't really face too many problems after that. Cause I think he basically got the food truck at like the midpoint of the movie. And normally you expect at least maybe one more problem after that. And I thought it would be either like with his son or uh, with like the police or something (laughs) like that little uh, event that happens. But um, yeah, that's just a bit of a nitpick. But overall, you know, I had like, it was a very laid back movie. You can just like, basically chill and eat some popcorn with it
0: kettle corn <laughs> yeah no i agree it, it's definitely a feel good movie um i do uh, uh agree with you there in that uh, he didn't really he didn't really uh he didn't really have any obstacles after he did get the truck i mean they just had that one argument with he had that one argument with the son and that was for the most part it and then the, with the cop and everything I and mean, he really wasn't that much so um everything just seemed to work out and i think because he had been going through a lot of stuff b- beforehand and we'll get into like all the details and everything as we continue with this episode i think all of his struggles were early on and and i think they just really wanted this to be a feel good movie uh and not really kind of dwell into the struggling part of it because I, f- I felt like they already kind of did a pretty good job in ha- uh, portraying that in the first half of the movie. But yes, I agree with
1: you. Yeah. I was surprised on how long he actually struggled for Like I was like, Oh dang, we're already halfway in this movie and he still didn't get his food truck. Um, but so I agree. Like if, if that was their intention of like making it like a feel good movie, you know, I can, I can forgive that because of how much struggle he, he did have in the first half of the movie, because, man, so much frustration in the beginning. And just watching, like, um, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, it reminded me so much of, like, the first half of this movie. So, Ken, what was your personal experience with the film?
0: Well, before I get into that, I actually wanted to pick up where I left off earlier in the the beginning of the episode with that teaser. I kind of wanted to catch everyone up on what I've been up to this past weekend, actually. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, but going into this week, I was really hyped about hosting this episode because I knew we were going to talk about Chef. I got so hyped that um, this past weekend, I uh, made a trek out to the North Bay uh, to San Rafael. It's about 45-minute drive from where I live and we drove to Soul Food. You remember Soul Food, right? We went there for my birthday that one time. There was like a bunch of us. Shoot, how come I don't remember that? You were with us, weren't you? I need to look at pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were there. Um, and we just had like, it's this um, place where think of a very colorful, um, like kind of like a Chevy's where it's like super um. It's super energetic, it's bright colors, there's a lot of good food, but, you know, obviously in COVID times, uh, everything's just done through takeout or delivery. Anyway, um, I ended up going there in preparation for this episode, and it's Puerto Rican food. But the things that I ordered for takeout, check this out, Jeremy, Mm -hmm. I ordered a Cubano sandwich. Nice. Nice. I yeah, and I eat that right then and there or you know where we ended up wherever we ended up eating. But I also took home some arroz con pollo, chicken and rice, took home some tostones, which is that banana, um, it's like plantain and it's cooked and fried and so good. And I took home some marquitas, which is like plantain chips. And so I just thought it was a fun way to kind of get into chef week for me by eating some of the food that they did feature in the movie. And so um so I actually did um uh Google the place real quick just to
1: refresh my memory and I'm pretty sure I did go there with you. I'm pretty sure I did order a sandwich also. Yeah. <laughs> right? Looking at the pictures now it brought me back. I'm like, "Oh shoot." Yeah.
0: Was there was there. a lot of us. Um and that place isn't really known for being a place that can handle big groups, but we ended up going like 15 to 17 people deep um, you know with several small groups eating just kind of separately but kind of together but we, we found a way we, we were able to celebrate my birthday and it was uh, it's so good but anyway kind of going back to chef kind of bringing it in the first time I ended up watching the movie um, and I alluded to it earlier I never watched the movie in the theater but I watched it as soon as it became available on Netflix in 2015 it was The summer, I believe. And um, it was on a random lazy Sunday. I didn't feel like doing anything, watched it. And I just loved it because, you know, it's it's a good, feel good movie. It's a popcorn flick, just like Jeremy mentioned. And I liked it so much that the following week after I watched, because I probably watched it maybe twice, um, I went to the Gilroy Garlic Festival that year uh, with a group of friends. And we literally spent the whole Day eating like non stop, we just literally ate and it was hot, and yeah, we just ate the whole day. And so, from where Gilroy is to where I live, it takes an, about an hour to get back. And so, we're on our way back to my friend's house, but on the way there, we're talking about the movie Chef. And I was telling him, I was like, Hey, you guys got to watch Chef, um, and it's on Netflix, it'll just make you hungry. And I think because because we were just talking about, we talked ourselves into getting hungry. And what we ended up doing was we ended up stopping by the grocery store, picked up ingredients to make the famous grilled cheese sandwich wow. that was featured in, in the movie. We looked up the uh, a recipe and after eating for like the whole, literally nonstop for the whole day, we ate some more, we ate the grilled cheese sandwiches and that just segues perfectly into the into our first topic of the episode and so jeremy what was your single favorite dish from chef dude well you mentioned the grilled cheese man
1: and i would have to pick that because (laughs) dude just when he brought it out the way he cooked that and then when he sliced it in half you can Heard hear the crunch. crunch. Ah, dude, man. You hear the crunch, and then when he just lays it uh, lays it in front of uh, Percy, his son, and you can see, like, the cheese coming out the side. Ah. And it brings me back to the time when I, I'm pretty sure you watched Chef by that point. Uh, we actually had a
0: karaoke party, and you cooked us grilled cheese.
1: Yeah, Remember I'm that? actually
0: inspired by that, Chef. I actually put a little bit of a twist on it. This one was a little bit different made a what was that a flaming hot cheeto grilled cheese right mm-hmm, that was good too Ooh. that was good i should probably make that again i know I <laughs> We're just sending one. <laughs> i'll drop it off uh six feet we'll social distance i'll just drop it at your doorstep <laughs> yeah postmates postmates from ken <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> ken meets <laughs> but um yeah no it's um it, just to kind of add to that it not only the crunch, but remember when they we were talking about it in the scene where uh, I guess they were trying to create uh, Carl's Twitter handle, right? And he's like mm-hmm. eating it and you can hear the crunch, but also the cheese pulls were so epic that were happening in the background while while they were talking about the Twitter. I just thought yeah. I'd add that to what you were talking about earlier. And that's messed up. He was eating Percy's
1: grilled cheese. He, he made it for him and then he just started eating it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the yep. cheese pulls, man. So Looks good. so
0: good. Yeah, I well, when I came up with the topic for, um, you know, for this podcast, uh, that's actually why I brought it up is because I wanted to say the grilled cheese too. Uh, it's for the same reasons as Jeremy, but to give a um, more context to that story, to add to the story that I mentioned earlier about that Gilroy Garlic Festival trip. When we finally got back and we went to uh, when we got back from the grocery store to make the grilled cheese, this is what we did, Jeremy. So when we were cooking, we were literally emulating frame for frame the actual scene. So we actually on Spotify, we're not sponsored by Spotify, but if you want to go ahead and sponsor Spotify, we played the song that was playing in that scene and we just played it on repeat the whole time while we were making grilled cheese and we were doing a whole like DJ thing with the sourdough <laughs> buttered, mm, The right, butter the
1: too, food. man.
0: The Dude, butter. And so we were literally recreating that whole scene. And so I uh, just thought I'd continue that story because my answer is also the grilled cheese. But since we do have to mention at least one other thing, I want to give an honor- honorable mention to that pasta dish that he made for Molly a.k.a. Scarlett Johansson. That pasta dish looks so good. And it looked really simple to make. It looked, you know, doable. And I kind of want to look up a a recipe to see if I could go ahead and make that one of these days.
1: My honorable
0: mention, though, remember when
1: he was cooking the the hash browns? Oh, dude. Dude, when he was, like, lifting them up a little bit and then putting them back down, then cutting them to squares. Ooh, satisfying.
0: Carbs. Carbs are my uh, kryptonite. Yeah, <laughs> That's why seriously. I mentioned the pasta. <laughs> yeah.
1: I like potatoes.
0: That's why I mentioned hash browns. <laughs> the other question that I wanted to uh, bring to you, Jeremy, is, for our listeners is um, that, I mean, we, we're obviously discussing a movie that has a, a an obvious food theme. And so, but then, you know, Chef Carl Casper's storylines are featured prominently in this movie. And if you do a little bit of a deeper dive, you'll notice that there are two things that Carl struggles with. And so I was wondering which you felt was more compelling, Carl's relationship with his son Percy, you know, that whole storyline, or did you find Carl's professional journey as a chef more compelling?
1: Uh, well personally for me, uh, I felt like his relationship with his son Percy was more compelling to me and I felt like that the, the you know the all the imagery of the food was icing on the cake no pun intended kind of uh, <laughs> because I think going into the movie I didn't expect the movie to involve family a lot and uh, Percy, his son, I think it's such a good character, but you do run the risk with like these young child actors coming off as like annoying kids. Mm-hmm. But, but this kid, his son is such a, such a likable character too. Of course he has like kid tendencies and all that stuff. Like, you don't love me or something like that. But you know, it's that, that, that that's kids, but you know, he didn't come off as annoying at any point And you know, you were like, oh, man, his dad's kind of a jerk sometimes for like neglecting him. And I thought that was a really um, compelling part of the story.
0: No, I agree. Um, actually, just to add to your point, I just thought that Percy was actually such a well-written character. He was actually one of the better kid characters uh, that I remember watching, you know, like because like you said, a lot of the times kid actors or kid you know, the, the characters, they, they just, they're just annoying <laughs> more than anything. And mm-hmm. I felt like I can, I can actually identify with like his personal journey, you know, just taking it back to when we were kids, you know?
1: Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, he was written so well, Percy. And I just, the way their, their, their relationship forms throughout the movie, I thought was
0: really nice. Yeah, uh, it, it was actually pretty surprising that I saw uh, that that was actually uh, one of the main themes, especially in a movie that has uh, food at its center. Uh, but actually, I'm going to go the other direction. Um, and I'm going to say that I felt that the uh, professional journey as uh, a as chef was more compelling to me. And I don't know if it's because where I'm currently at in my, um, I guess, in my own personal life, uh, you know, like. For me, I'm at that point in my life where you know I'm just trying to, I'm still trying to find my way, like professionally. I'm you know obviously trying to move up in my in my day job, uh, but also you know there's a lot of things going on in, in my personal life where I just needed to take a step back. Um, I needed to just kind of, you know, just kind of strip things down, and I felt like Chef Carl Casper he basically took a step back and he kind of got back to his roots and, and, you know, he was able to kind of slowly start rebuilding on more salt, like a more solid foundation. And I feel like that's where I'm currently at right now. Um, Like I'm at that point where I'm still slowly building, um, rebuilding like my foundation so that I can kind of slowly add more things on my plate uh, moving forward. And so that's the reason why I ended up finding Carl's professional journey, especially given where I'm at right now uh, to this day. So um, I don't know. Did you kind of feel that kind of way in terms of like where you're at with your professional journey?
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought what was so interesting about his professional journey was basically like he he was doing what he loves uh, cooking, but he just wasn't doing it the way he wanted to. And I think that's something that everyone um wants to strive for professionally, basically do what they love and, uh, do it how they want to do it. And I thought, you know, just the, the way the movie portrayed it was, uh, um, a good progression because he basically got knocked down. He couldn't find a job anywhere else. And so he had to make his own way.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and that's part of the reason why you know, like I really wanted to start this podcast. I wanted to do something that I love to do. And it's definitely one of those things that I, um, that it's one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I made time for because it's, you know, I mean, starting to get up there a little bit in age and I kind of wanted to do something for me for a change, you know? And so that's pretty much the reason why, uh, you know, in in a movie that I've seen like several times, probably close to 10 times, um, just, rewatching it from this lens where i'm currently at just was kind of eye opening it was it actually was a surprise to me when i rewatched it this past weekend
1: yeah some some movies man just like it depends on timing
0: really how how hard they hit you so yeah once again uh we want to make sure that we communicate to all of you listeners out there that this podcast is an open dialogue. Me and Jeremy want to make sure that this is an open dialogue uh, f- you know between us um, and also between you guys, uh, the listeners. And so every week we want to at least you know try to ask a question to start a conversation with you guys. And so uh, the question that we wanted to uh, mention to you guys or ask of you guys is, what are some of your favorite food centric movies? Jeremy, do you have any others besides Chef? Well, I was it was kind of hard to choose because there, I don't think there's a
1: lot of food-centric films, so I actually have to Google, like, best food movies. And one surprising one that came up was <laughs> The Land Before Time, the, <laughs> the, you know, the animated dinosaur movie. And I remember watching that a lot <laughs> as, as a kid, and I was thinking, man, the way they eat those leaves is so satisfying for some reason. So it's kind of random, but that's mine. <laughs> they make you want to eat a salad? Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, they make salads look so good, dinosaurs. Is that, is that, why, you like,
0: is that why you like the one from Maldonado's? <laughs> oh,
1: the, no, the one from Maldonado's. Um, Ken's talking about a pizza place. Uh, they just put a lot of ranch <laughs> and cheese. And, and- and mushrooms basically Uh, not a lot of leaves
0: (laughs) uh, that was more of a sarcastic joke uh yeah and so glad you uh you explained it anyway uh some of the food centric movies that i uh i actually have to look it up just to make sure that i didn't miss any uh but in addition to chef um two came to mind one was soul food i love that movie and then the other was that Pixar movie, Ratatouille, I, and I really love that movie, too. Um, so uh, you should definitely check those out. And so um, if you want to send us some of your favorite food-centric movies, you can go ahead and uh, send us a comment. We'll actually post something on Twitter, and so if you want to comment there. Uh, Jeremy, what is our Twitter handle again? At Weekly real. Yes, it is at Weekly Real. And also, you can send us an email uh, with that same feedback. You can send that to Weekly Real Pod at gmail.com. And so, uh, Jeremy, let's go ahead and take a break. All right, and we're back. And so we've reached the part in the podcast where it's awards time. And you know what? We're going to call it the Weekly Reel Awards. And so, uh, you know, last week we had our first MCU-centered uh, episode. And since both me and Jeremy are huge fans of the MCU, and we had such a blast recording last week's episode, uh, you know what? We decided to rename the awards that we did introduce in episode one. Uh, we we decided to rename those awards so that they had a little bit of an MCU twist. And so the first award that we wanted to uh, to give out is what we're calling the Marissa Tomei slash Aunt May Award. And if you remember, her character is in both MCU Spider-Man films. And so... Uh, this award is for what has aged well, just like Marissa Tomei, like fine wine. <laughs> so, Jeremy, why don't you give us your winner for what has aged the best? Yeah,
1: well, like, well, in terms of aging, I think what's always hard is like social media and technology, whatever they show there. And so, when they started like uh, showing Twitter a lot and using the graphics for Twitter. Uh, that could like really spell disaster sometimes in terms of dating itself, and especially the way they present it. But I actually thought they did a really good job of um, presenting it in an interesting way. Twitter, at least, um, the way they presented it, because sometimes, like for example, I think there was a movie called um, it was with Liam Neeson on the plane. I think it was called Nonstop. Nonstop. I think it, it involves texts. And those type of graphics can really wear you down in a movie if they keep utilizing them. And when they kept doing that with Twitter in this one, I actually found that being Twitter, having a focal point in the movie was actually um, entertaining. I was surprised.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, That was actually um, one of the ones that I thought of as well. But just to kind of bring that point, where it wouldn't have aged so well is kind of going back to the first mission impossible when they were talking, remember when they were showing Tom Cruise, like typing stuff on the internet and it just looked really dated. If you rewatch it again, um, like now or whatever, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about if you don't remember, but yeah, it could definitely be really a huge miss further down the line. So Mm -hmm. completely agree uh, with you on that. Um, The, my winner actually for uh, the Marissa Tomei Aunt May Award is the foodie scene, and I feel like the foodie scene is still as popular as it was when the movie came out in 2014. And even, especially with uh, with food trucks, I mean, there's like food trucks are still like very prominent um, part of the uh, of today's society, even with COVID nineteen. I feel like COVID nineteen is really the only thing that's kind of slowed it down, but even then. There's still like ways where, you know, as long as you social distance and have a mask or whatever, you could still get food at these food trucks and just out in general. And so just the foodie scene is something that I did notice that's still r- super relevant in 2020. And so um, the next award that we did want to give out, especially since our main character was played by John Favreau. So in honor of John Favreau, we wanted to give. Uh, this uh, this next award, and we're gonna name it the Happy Hogan Mullet Memorial Award. And he, d- if you remember, he had the mullet rocking in Iron Man three. And the reason why we're giving out the Happy Hogan Mullet M- Memorial Award is well, it's for what has not aged well. <laughs> and so, Jeremy,
1: what is your winner? yeah well we did have a consensus winner between the both of us and when you watch the movie it may be kind of obvious and that's um, mentioning a vine <laughs> yeah. and now who knows maybe TikTok will be the, the new vine sometime in the future if it, it'll keep going but yeah when they mention vine I'm like oh good times it reminds me of high school <laughs>
0: Yeah, the original tiktok original tiktok <laughs> that i still don't have either of them <laughs> so i don't think you will i don't think you'll ever need it <laughs> yeah but yes R, rip vine uh but yeah that was the obvious winner um i did want to do an honorable mention though and jeremy still hasn't heard this yet but i wanted to give this honorable mention i don't know if you remember in the beginning of the movie when um was a Riva? I think that's his name. Uh, Dustin Hoffman's character. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how Ramsey Michelle, the food vlog, uh, food blogger uh, that was played by uh, Oliver Platt, mm-hmm. he's talking about how he was the most popular critic out there, food critic, and that his blog was being sold to AOL <laughs> for ten oh, million. <laughs> dude, is AOL is AOL still? Is, are they still around? I don't even know uh
1: well you don't hear much about them i think that that line went by so fast that, that i didn't catch it but now that you mention it i'm like yeah that near, nearing the end of the movie right he's like i sold my my blog to aol i'm like yeah they mentioned
0: huh. it again, yeah, yeah later in the movie but yeah they mentioned it twice it's so funny she, did you have a an like AOL a screen name? a screen name yeah well, I do
1: st- I actually still use the email. <laughs> I do still have the email, but I do remember um, having a screen name, uh, which is actually my gamer tag for um, uh, my Xbox and PlayStation 4 and all that stuff. So it still lives on somewhere. So, But that's where the legacy started, right? Yeah, that's where it all started. The screen names, um, talking to the bots.
0: If you felt that lonely. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, AOL. Well, you know what? Let's get into the next award. Uh, The next award that we wanted to give out is the Why is Gamora Award. And if you remember in Avengers Infinity War, that was one of the classic funny lines uh, that... uh, Wait, who gave that line out again? Drax the Destroyer, Dave Bautista. Drax the Destroyer. Yes, you are correct. So he... uh, He uttered those famous words, Why is Gamora? And so the Why is Gamora Award is for favorite quote. And so, Jeremy, why don't you give us your winner? Well, my favorite quote of Chef has to come from
1: Marvin, played by Robert Downey Jr. Uh, And he plays... um, What's um, Carl's wife's name again? Nez. Nez, yes. So it's Nez's ex-husband. And I thought, you know, they had such a funny chemistry together, John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. And then he like, when they're having their this hilarious back and forth, uh, one thing that he says under his breath is, you're not a turd, a turd that lost. And I'm like, dang, dude, you're really like just beating this guy down when, when he's really like down in the dirt. And he's like, you're not a turd, a turd that lost. <laughs> to really <laughs> trying to like, bring him up but he's not helping him I thought that was so funny and the way Robert Downey Robert Downey Jr. delivered like every line in that scene so
0: funny yeah I, I love their dynamic because it's a similar dynamic to what they have in the um all the MCU movies but then the roles are reversed because um obviously Carl is the main character and Marvin is just basically that he's just in that one scene. And so uh, I just thought it was pretty funny. That was a good one. <laughs> I actually missed that uh, before, um, before you mentioned it in in our pre production meeting. That was pretty funny. Uh, my favorite uh, quote and the winner for uh, why is Gamora is the part in the it was a part in the movie where uh, they were teaching Percy how to make the Cubano sandwiches, and so Martin is. Uh, basically asking Percy, he's like, "Hey, you know what? Is the grill hot?" And so he he basically sets it up like this. He goes, "Is it hot?" And then uh, Carl is actually showing Percy how to you know test if the grill is hot by just tossing some water. And then you know you see the steam. He see, he sees the steam, and he says, "Yes, it's hot." And then Martin basically gives a classic one liner. He goes, "Is it as hot as your daddy's underwear?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such kidding. a throwaway line if you're not really paying attention it's something that you can miss but man it, i just thought it was funny the way uh john leguizamo delivered that it was just hilarious
1: yeah a lot of um a lot of the lines in this movie or
0: the, a lot of the best lines in this movie are like the throwaway lines almost oh i agree oh i agree and actually i uh, wanted to give an honorable mention to this one and this one's actually a callback to again the mcu and so, uh, later on in that same scene, they're talking about like adding a sound system to um, to the the food truck. And so they're talking about how you know they're still not charging for for food yet. And so you know they you know just keep it take it easy on, on the sound system. But um, Martin has like a hookup, um, and so Martin goes uh, basically acknowledges that um, you know. Basically, how things are like turning around for Carl, and so Martin says, "Yeah, but you look happy, baby, don't you?" And Carl, John Favreau goes, "So happy, so happy," and it it it's definitely not a funny line, but I just thought it was just like a kind of like a wink, wink line because John Favreau's character in the MCU is Happy Hogan, and I just thought it was funny that he was acknowledging that he was so happy, so happy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a lot of wink winks to the Iron Man universe because there was that um, Iron Man repulsor sound when he brought Percy to the movie theater. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, you did Ooh. not? I thought you no, had to. That I was, didn't like, get one that. of the clear ones.
0: Shoot.
1: <laughs> yeah, because took them
0: to the movie and I guess they were watching Iron Man. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even catch that. Now I got to rewatch it just for that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, those were some good funny quotes. Uh, Let's actually move on to the next award. And uh, this, I mean, we actually kind of introduced this last week a little bit. uh, But the next award that we're going to hand out is the Stan Lee Award for best cameo. And so, Jeremy, why don't you give us your winner?
1: I think for me, it has to be clearly Robert Downey Jr. He had that one scene and every line that he said was so funny like his uh receptionist was uh, pregnant but now with his baby because it's like my tubes were tied <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like oh then choose my carpet oh should i choose to have the baby or not and all that stuff and i thought that was such
0: a such a golden scene in that movie stole the show no he he was he was very eccentric in that he yeah. he was so tony stark but without like a ton of money but he was just super eccentric like still played that character and it was funny too because it was again one scene and he stole the show just like you said mm-hmm. um, my winner actually is russell peters and he plays the miami cop and you thought oh you know this is where maybe things might kind of go bad for martin carl and, and percy uh, when they're selling uh when they're selling their food for the first time in this in south beach and so Russell Peters plays the Miami cop. He literally is coming up there. And, you know, at first I didn't really recognize him. But when he took his sunglasses off, I was like, oh, that's Russell Peters. And then I just thought it was funny during that part where it's like, oh, can I take a picture with you? Because he did recognize him from the, the whole viral YouTube video of him, like just losing it and being all crazy in, in the restaurant. And so I just thought that awkwardness was so good in him trying to explain to Martin how to work his huge phone. <laughs> and then, um, and then all of a sudden later on in the seed, that one scene where they emulate the lady in the tramp, where they had like the, uh, the bread and they had each other, like basically biting on each side. Opposite, of the bread. Yeah. Opposite yeah. sides of the bread. I just thought it was pretty funny. Um, and, and it was just classic. And, you know, russell peters he just comes up with a straight face but at the end of that scene you're just kind of cracking up and so that was mine so the uh next award that we are going to be handing out and uh, we did touch on this last week also um it's the Jensen award and Jensen is featured prominently in iron man and iron man 3 and so this Yinson award is for underrated character and Jeremy, what was your winner or who was your winner? I should say. So in, in my opinion,
1: an underrated character in chef had to be Martin. Like he was, he, he was his um, line chef, right in the actual restaurant. Um, and he was just such a, such a bro. He stuck with them, basically quit his job, traveled all the way to, to florida just for him and help him out with this food truck and it's like yeah, it pays nothing basically pay, pays nothing right now yeah um uh, and but he's like dude i'm down and i was like dang that's such a bro such a such a good friend and he was likable throughout the whole thing
0: yeah and plus uh, he was so funny throughout the movie uh like his one-liners are probably the best <laughs> Yeah, arguably but him, him and tony uh both had the best one-liners yeah, especially that, that one scene when they uh, they
1: uh, finally read the review. But, you know, they're a little bit too explicit
0: <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. in that one scene. Yeah, where well, they're basically saying uh, F Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was good. Uh, my winner for underrated character, actually the Yinsen Award, I should say, for underrated character was Molly. And that was played by Scarlett Johansson. And uh, the reason why I picked molly was because she was always there to support carl um i i felt like they did a really good job in writing her character in that they didn't force that romantic relationship with her and carl um they they even put the brakes on it they even showed that on screen which i thought was really good especially since you know carl was still estranged from inez and so I felt like she legitimately cared for Carl um, as a true friend. Uh, And so plus she was in one of my favorite scenes of the movies, basically when she was waiting for, uh, when she was waiting for chef Carl to create that pasta. Oh man. She looks so, so cute in that, in in that, in that scene. And so I thought you were um, talking
1: about the pasta.
0: (laughs) She looks so cute.
1: The pasta. (laughs) It did. It did. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but yeah, pasta and, and
1: Molly. Yeah, and Molly.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I I thought they did a really good job writing her character. She was there to support Carl as a friend, nothing more. uh And uh yeah, it's basically along the same lines as as Martin. I, I felt like they both were there for for Carl when he needed him legitimately, and so. We've reached the point in our episode now where we are giving the big award. Uh, And so we call the award for favorite scene the Avengers Assemble Award because that was basically the huge culmination of the MCU. Uh, If you remember that final scene in Avengers Endgame uh, when uh, Captain America finally uttered the words Avengers Assemble. And so we thought we'd use that for... Uh, the award for a favorite scene. And so uh, Jeremy, do you want to go ahead and read all the nominees that we came up with for the Avengers assemble award? Yes. So the nominees
1: for the Avengers assemble award are in chronological order, starting with early on in the movie, uh, Carl reading uh, Ramsey Michelle's review, you know, just, um, freaking waiting for that review and when it's revealed that he totally got trashed, yeah, it was uh that was a bit of a
0: disappointment for him. Yeah, th- that review was brutal. I mean it the way the way uh the article was written, the words that were used, man, it like literally just stripped them basically of his manhood, his professional manhood as well. It it I could see how it could throw uh Carlet into a into a loop and just have a lot of self-doubt about like his ability and everything. Yeah. And he gave him two stars, right? Man, that's messed up. Yeah.
1: That molten lava cake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's lava. It's lava. (laughs) Oh,
1: Oh, that was such a good scene too. Uh, Our next nominee is the cleaning of the food truck. Cause when Marvin finally gives Carl his food truck, it's not exactly in the state Uh, that he expected it to be in. So it leads into this very cool montage of cleaning out the truck and scrubbing every little dirty um, inch of that food truck. And it transforms into this beautiful food truck by the end. Oh, yes. That was a good one. Uh, The next scene would be the Cubano tutorial, which basically happens right after. And they're teaching Percy how to make one. And
0: when they just kept eating, eating the sandwiches and the cheese pulls there. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Even, even even before then, when they were still marinating the, the pork and they were and uh Percy was just even talking about it's like, oh, is it like the, you know, they sell it at the store or whatever. They were like they're like, Are you sure that's your kid? <laughs> I'll tell you, Martin had like so many good one-liners in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh man, that that just looked really good just to eat, just little slivers at a time. Dude. Getting, getting hungry
1: again. Getting hungry again, but it won't stop because uh the next scene, next nominee would be trying out the brisket in Austin, Texas. Oh. Dude, when they brought out that slab of brisket and then he cut off the end of the brisket. Ooh, man, you know that's the best part oh,
0: that man. he tried right there. I want to just dying. go to Austin just for that.
1: <laughs> Dude, I was dying from that barbecue, man. I would definitely go. Once, once this whole COVID thing is uh, dying down, we'll try to get some brisket. Yeah, we'll we'll do a podcast on location. <laughs> <laughs> that would be freaking crazy. Uh, the next nominee would be cornstarch when they're uh, cor- putting cornstarch in their pants. Uh, first, it was Martin. You know, he's he's getting a little bit humid down there. And then uh, down Percy, there,
0: <laughs> yeah, down there, like the location of uh, the United States and down there as it down there. Yeah. Down there, down there this time.
1: And Percy was like looking at Martin's like, Hey dad, he's putting cornstarch down there. And it's like, here, you want some? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try
0: it. Yeah. Just cornstarch on the huevos, man. Oh, that was <laughs> such a good scene. It Definitely cracked me up. Yeah. So uh out of, our five nominees, Ken, which is your winner? Well, in kind of an upset because I really wanted to give it to the huevos and cornstarch scene uh, because that did make me laugh, probably the loudest the whole movie. I have to give it to the Cubano tu- uh, tutorial scene. And here's why I mean, not only was it just like amazing just to see how a, a proper Cubano is like constructed and just how appetizing it looked. I mean, that was just basically the cherry on top. But I actually chose this for story purposes. I I, I just thought that this scene was basically where uh, both Carl's professional career was already on the mend. It was on an upswing, but also it coincided with his personal relationship with Percy, uh, just strengthening. I mean, they were able to bond over something uh, that they found, you know, they just found something in common that they both like to do. And, uh, you know, just including Percy and teaching him like his passion and, and just to be able to, uh, just share those moments with him. Because I mean, Percy alluded to it earlier during the grilled cheese scene is that he loved just the fact, uh, he loved those moments where all they were doing is just talking and just spending time with each other. And I think, that's that point where Carl finally got it, you know? And so, you know, other than the Cubano, I just thought it was a huge turning point for Carl as a character. And so that was my favorite part of the movie. That was my favorite scene.
1: Yeah. Well, my, my favorite scene of the movie, I think has to be the cleaning of the food truck. Something, something's really like special about that. I think in a way it symbolizes Carl, basically cleaning up his life, really throwing out all the bad stuff and forming something new out of it. His, I think that food truck very much symbolized uh, his professional career um, choices and his, um, you know, his relationship with his son, basically like throwing out all the stuff that um, they don't need. And obviously they even got into a bit of a a argument (laughs) him and Percy at the end of that scene. And it was very much a tonal shift of all the struggles of the first half of the movie and switching into finally there's some light at the end of the
0: tunnel and uh, they finally made their food truck. No, that was good. Uh, And I just thought it was, it was actually pretty funny that we both picked scenes where they were basically back-to-back scenes, you know, like first they had to clean out the truck, they had to throw out a lot of stuff, a lot of baggage, unload a bunch of stuff, clean everything up, and then just start from scratch and then put everything back together and then just like, you know, just start building that foundation just like with what he did with both uh, his relationship with Percy and with his professional uh, career. And so that's uh, why we actually did Mention that at the top of the episode. And so, Jeremy, we have now reached, I think, our favorite part of the episode, and that is the guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. And so uh, for those of you who are just jumping in on this episode, uh, what we do is we try to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. We both come up with uh, scores beforehand. Uh, Jeremy has his score. I have my score ready. And what we are doing is we're keeping a running tally um, with each passing episode. And so after episode two, Jeremy is currently winning three to two. And so, Jeremy, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes uh, scale, it's one to 100. Uh, What what do you think Rotten Tomatoes gave Chef? Mm, I'm going to guess 90%. Really? You thought it was that high, huh? You yeah, know, was a I was so. I think I thought it was a little bit more I was I was more pessimistic in terms of the actual Rotten Tomatoes score. So, hmm. 90, huh? Okay, uh, well, my score or my guess, I should say, for The Rotten Tomatoes is a 78. Really? Dang, that's a pretty big gap.
1: Oh. My reasoning is because I think it was a very um fun movie. Hmm, yeah,
0: interesting. I I don't know. I didn't trust my own rating with this because, I mean, we'll get to our own personal ratings later on. I definitely gave it higher than a 78, but I don't know. I don't trust critics. Oh, man. So let me go ahead and look this up right now. I'm on Rotten Tomatoes uh, website right now, and let's type in Chef, and likely it's only four letters. Oh, man. Here we go. And so it looks like Jeremy is the winner for this week with a Rotten Tomato score of 87. 87. Whoa. 87. I actually thought it was going to be higher. Yeah. So after episode three, now Jeremy is expanding his lead. Oh, I could tell that he goes on Rotten Tomatoes more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, Again, we're going to keep this as a running segment, and hopefully I can close the gap next week. Um, It's going to be tough because, you know, next week is uh, Jeremy's movie. And so, um, yeah, right now the score is now four to two. Jeez. Four to two. It's all right, man. You got it next week. I I
1: guessed it lucky this week with your movie (laughs) On, on your home turf of chef.
0: I know I I got I got to think about it a little bit more I feel I feel like I'm overthinking (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes scores I should probably add a little bit more because I think the last movie that I guessed I think I was on the lower end as well right I think so yeah with um Iron Man 2 Iron Man 2 yeah you gotta think like a critic sometimes I know I know, but sometimes I got to think uh, like a, you know, one of those local critics, you know, usually they'll give it a little higher, mm-hmm. and then like more of the national ones will be a little bit more tougher on it. Yeah. Especially these type of movies, you know, a little bit more popcorn flicks type movies. So, I don't know. I, I, I definitely got to adjust my way of thinking, for sure, starting with that, uh, with next week's episode. So, uh, we've now gone to the point where we're giving out our last award. And so, Our last award is the award that we are naming it, the I Love You 3000 Award. And uh, for those of you who are fans of Avengers Endgame, that was a a quote that was given by Morgan Stark, which is Tony Stark's daughter. And so the I Love You 3000 Award is basically our own personal rating for the movie. And we thought that since we are doing an MCU-centric, movie we you know instead of rating it like on a letter grade scale like a lot of reviewers do or a scale of what five stars or or one to a hundred yeah. and so uh we had a little bit of fun on episode one when we rated uh dumb and dumber one out of a million That was <laughs> hard <on> that scale. <laughs> but moving forward we're actually going to rate our uh, we're going to give our ratings for these movies uh, that we are going to be talking about uh, a scale. We're going to be rating it on a scale of one to three thousand. And so, Jeremy, uh, what was your rating for Chef?
1: Well, my rating out of three thousand, I think I would rate it twenty six ten, which is funny because I I gave it eighty seven percent. Because and it just so happened to be the Rotten Tomato score, but yeah, I wanted to be eighty-seven percent because I I knew I would I would give it kind of a B plus, not so much like the A, but yeah, twenty six ten out of three thousand. This is crazy. <laughs>
0: what what happened? Eighty-seven <laughs> percent Rotten Tomatoes. Jeremy gave it 80% 87% <laughs> I gave it uh 2610 as well for 87%. Man, I should have trusted I should have trusted my own so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, same
1: score. I did not ex- I thought you were going to add at least like 26 26- 13 or something like that
0: i was thinking about it when you gave your 26 10 but i was like i can't i that was a rating that i gave beforehand and that just proves to you that we don't really talk about ratings beforehand uh and we come up with these things before we do record and so yeah, that's and we don't tell funny. each other so that's hilarious 87 percent uh so uh, you know what i think i just need to trust my own rating i think i'll just rate i'll give my rating And I'll use that for my Rotten Tomato score. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe, man. You got to trust yourself sometimes. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so, Jeremy, uh, why don't you go ahead and preview episode four? Well, next week, grab your cameras and let's drive into the night
1: with Nightcrawlers starring Jake Gyllenhaal. It's another movie from 2014 that took me by surprise. And I know Ken hasn't seen it yet. So if you love complex characters and are interested in the world of TV news, tune in next week when we talk about Nightcrawler.
0: Oh man, I am looking forward to uh, watching it. It's one of those where I think you've been telling me about Nightcrawler for so long. I think you and uh, Jacob, another one of our friends, has been telling me to watch it for so long and I just never got around to it. And so I'm kind of glad that this podcast is forcing me to finally get get to watch this movie. And um, like you mentioned before, it's like one of your favorite movies of all time, right? Uh, Of all time? I don't want to spoil that yet. We'll see. (laughs) Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that. You know, a little, a little bit of a teaser for episode Mm -hmm. four, a lot of teasers. A lot of teasers.
1: And if you, if if you're listening to this before next week, it is on Netflix right now. We're not sponsored by Netflix, but uh, if you want to watch the movie first and you
0: haven't seen it, Nightcrawler is on Netflix right now. Yes. Yes. So yeah, it'd be nice to be able to have you guys listen to it ahead of time. Maybe the weekend before our, 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 Monday release, And so that uh, when the podcast does get released, you can be one of the first to listen to the podcast episode. And so definitely looking forward to next week, watching something new for uh, in terms of watching a new movie for me. And so uh, before we get to next week, Jeremy, do you have anything to plug? Well, if you want to follow me on
1: Twitter or Instagram, uh, you can follow me at JP underscore flicks. I don't post too much. Uh, I'm not that active on social media, but I do post once in a while, uh, either updating my own YouTube channel or updating you guys on uh, weekly reel. So if you want to follow me at JP underscore flicks, you can follow me there. How about you Ken?
0: Well, for me, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm a little bit more active. Uh, this is Again, I <laughs> I mentioned it last week. This is the most active that I've been in years, um, and so you could follow me at A. Uh, that's at free underscore ken underscore a, and again, that's at Twitter. Uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. And so, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to mention before we call it an episode? Dude, I'm hungry now because of chef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, we, we, you know what? I need to take you to, uh to Soul Food again. That way we could get uh get some cubanos or something like that. So good.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I can get uh almost guarantee next week after watching uh Nightcrawler, you're gonna want to start making vlogs again. Ooh, ooh, teaser
0: love it okay well well, you know what i'll definitely keep that in mind when i watch it this uh this upcoming weekend in preparation for uh episode four and so uh if there's nothing else jeremy we'll want to thank you all uh out there uh, for listening and supporting our podcast and uh we'll see you next week on the real